0: Welcome to matthew's world of wine and drink an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world the different great varieties the different regions and the history and culture of wine continuing my series on my favorite producers we go to australia and the producer in question is called Pfeiffer, and they're based in rutherglen in victoria on the border with victoria and new south wales and in fact their property is right next to the river which um, separates the two states and Ruler Glen is, of course, famous for its fortified wines. Although Pfeiffer, like many other producers in Rutherglen, Glen, do make red and white wine as well. So I visited there about three years ago when I was travelling through Australia and I met the family, Chris Pfeiffer and his daughter Jen. So Chris established this winery in 1984 and now Jen is uh, kind of taken over the reins of uh, production and they're both enthusiastic and passionate about wine in general, but especially about fortified wine because it has such a rich part of Australia's wine production. Up until the 1960s and 1970s, the majority of wine produced and drunk in Australia was fortified, carrying on the tradition of the British who, um, of course, colonised Australia in the in the 19th century. So Chris Pfeiffer established his, this winery in the 1980s, beginning with a very small amount of fortified wine. And of course these wines are all um, non-vintage and so producing fortified wine from scratch is actually quite difficult because you have to build up your inventory of back vintages in order to be able to blend them together to create um, a wine for release. But what it also means is that as um, production goes on from year to year, you build up a huge uh, library of wines, which Chris Pfeiffer has, he has about over 100,000 litres of wine that he and Jen can blend together to create their consistent style of non-vintage wines. And when I was there, Chris emphasized that family in fortified wine is extremely important because you have to know these wines inside and out in order to be able to blend them together to create that consistent quality of style. So the wine doesn't change from year to year. And so the fact that um, Jen is taking over from Chris, it wasn't extremely important to him because it meant the next generation of uh, production was going to be in the hands of someone who knew the wines very, very well. And it it is true that if you go to Sherry, or to Port, or to Madeira, um, a lot of that, and also to uh, the Van du Naturel producers, the producers are often owned by the family who have uh, been making wine, for several generations. That's also true in Champagne as well. So really producing consistency from year to year, not just in the short term but the long term as well. And when I visited, Chris and Jen really uh, treated us well, allowed us to uh, stay over and um, have an evening meal with them, and we also tasted through A lot of their wines, you must have tried about 60 wines in a a two-hour tasting, which was pretty intense, because they do make all styles of wine, because of course, although the fortified wines of Rutherglen are extremely good, extremely historic, and quite famous, they're not really money makers anymore consumption of fortified wine in Australia has fallen greatly, as of course it has around the world. So it's great that they continue to make these wines, because they are so good, but of course they have to make other wines as well. As you'd expect in this warm climate, there's quite a bit of red wine made here, which is full-bodied, fruity, quite high in alcohol, but good structure to them. Some of these wines, for example, are going to come from Derif, which is the same as Petite Syrah, a great variety well-suited to this warm climate and also one that can be used in the the port-style wines as well because it really does have a big tannic structure and a lot of fruitiness to it which is well suited to uh, port styles of wine There's also lots of other great varieties planted here like Tempranillo as well quite experimental and a lot of experimentation with Mediterranean varieties because of the similar warm climate but there's also some very good white wine made here. The white wine that um, Pfeiffer are making was often sourced from, uh, that I tried, was sourced from King Valley and Alpine Valleys, which is just south of Rutherglen. And these have um, higher altitude, up to 400 metres. And this produce, This means um, a cooler climate, especially at night, with that altitude. So I tried um, some very good white wines that they were making from that region, and I've also had white uh, white wines from other producers there, and they're actually um, surprisingly good, despite uh, being far inland. And especially the Riesling, which of course Australia is famous for, lots of historical associations with Riesling. And I tried um, Chris's Riesling, I think it's from 1995, and it was really holding up. Still very fresh acidity. Um, but with the uh, smoky petrol aromas you'd expect with mature Riesling. And I also tried one from O5, which was um, a bit fresher still, but still and very um, structured. It's so a proof that Riesling can age very well um, in an area where you not, might not associate with Riesling. But of course, I was there to taste the fortified wines. And there are different styles of fortified wines made, and Pfeiffer make all these all these different styles and even ones that I didn't really know existed. What I was visiting for was Muscat, Rutherglen Muscat is extreme, extremely high quality, very famous and the style of fortified wine that we learn about in WCT courses even though Australia produces lots of other fortified wine the emphasis is always on Rutherglen Muscat. So the Muscat is picked after Shiraz but before Cabernet Sauvignon which Pfeiffer also makes, makes. so it's the mid to end of March and what Jen described as dimpling is what the, um, they're looking for in the grapes. So are just beginning to get um, some spots and beginning to almost raisin slightly. And that's when it's ideal to uh, pick the grapes. Acidity of Muscat is low. The pH is 4. The, the grapes then, after they've been picked, will have skin contact for 7 days. And Jen described Muscat as difficult to work with, especially the pressing. But the result is a pure, intense, aromatic fruit pro- profile. Retaining the floral aromas and its raisin character uh, during the um, the long period of aging, Pfeiffer, like most um, Rhône producers, they release muscat at different stages of aging. And I actually got to try a couple of different of uh, their vintage muscats, which will go into the eventual blend. So I tried one from 2016, which was still very young then, uh, but it's already quite dark because of the uh, that seven period seven day period of skin contact. And then I also tried the 08 Muscat, where you're really getting the dried fruits and the maturity coming through. So the different ageing um, terms for Rutherglen Muscat, you've got basic Muscat, which means five years or younger. Aromas of orange peel, marmalade, sweet spices, syrup. So simple, but um, fruity. Then the classic, which is going up to ten years. um, It's got more leather, sweet spices, pepper, toffee, dried fruits, caramels, more mature, more integrated, more structured. Then there's the grand, 15 years where you're getting really the Christmas cake molasses um, aromas developing and then there's the rare, which is 20 years and uh, got tobacco, dried tobacco leaves, leather, toffee, fudge, walnuts really really rich and luxurious and it's called rare for a reason, you don't see it that often those wines are expensive but they're pretty extraordinary if you get to try them what I also learned from Pfeiffer was about um, topaque, which is a style of wine that I tried a little bit before but didn't know too much about but actually came away from Rutherglen in general, persuaded that topake, which is made from the Muscadel grape variety, is the highest quality style of fortified wine made in Rutherglen. As good as the Muscat is, there's something extra to the wines made from Muscadel. Muscadel is the last variety to be harvested, so in April, all the way going into May, just when the weather is turning. So it's a high-risk grape variety, and it can be picked anywhere between 16 to 18 degrees Baume, which means the potential alcohol is getting up to 20% and um, that dimpling again is important, so generally picked when about 15% of the grapes have been or or raisining. And Muscadel is a great variety which can handle the hot dry weather of Rutherglen, whereas Muscat likes the cooler years and yet more aromatics then but those warm years get the greatest concentration and perhaps that's why I really liked the Topake style of wine because the hot dry climate seems to work very well with Muscadel And so the reason it's called Tokai is that historically it was called um, Tokai, T-O-K-A-I, which is similar to Tokai, the Hungarian sweet wine, and the Hungarians made them change the name if they wanted to export it to the EU. I don't know why they didn't just call it Rutherglen Muscadel. That seemed the simplest thing to do, but they changed it to to Tokai. And so Tokai is just a similar style to Rutherglen Muscat, but made from Muscadel. So I actually got to taste... um, Two wines from 2016, one from a cooler vineyard and one from a warmer. Both of them were aromatic, but the cooler actually had more dried fruits and had no skin contact at all, whereas the warmer wine was darker, richer, and spicier because of that skin contact. And then I also got to taste Topake going back to 06, with dried fruits and treacle, and 1997 as well, which is really rich and intense. One of the standout features for Topake is that it has aromas of cold tea and fish oil, which don't sound attractive, but actually they're so distinctive and interesting. They really do stand out when you taste these wines and make them actually quite fun and distinctive. So we tasted the wines from the bottle as well. So the Topaic, five years old on average, rich and sweet and syrupy. The Classic is 12 years old on average, nuts and spicy and sweet. The Grand, it's actually 20 years old, dark, almost black, rich, licorice, sweet spices, walnuts, toffee, dried fruits, and of course, cold tea. And then the rare 25 years old, even darker, aromas of sticky toffee pudding, Christmas cake, dried fruits, tobacco, cigars, sweet spices and leather. Really, really intense and interesting. And one of the differences between Muscat and Topaic is that Topaic really develops mature aromas, kind of loses the the aromas of the grape variety, whereas Muscat retains those aromas. So more grape, more variety driven than the When I like that development of the maturity and really expressing the age of the wines. And then Pfeiffer also make what is called Tawny. So this, again, traditionally used to be called Port, but they had to change that name for the European markets as well. And I think changing it to Tawny was quite a cheeky thing to do, and I like it. Because Tawny, of course, is a style of Port, but it's one that can't be um, copyrighted, as it were, because it's not a region. And the fun thing about Tawny in Australia is that it can be any colour. It can be a deep ruby, it can be tawny, it can be amber. Any. um, It doesn't really refer to one particular uh, colour or style so it's not always going to be the tawny colour that you expect which again is kind of fun so I taste the classic tawny which is 13 to 14 years old on average made from Shiraz, Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc and Portuguese varieties which work very well in this environment as one would expect and this um, really had almost a whiskey-like character with leather and spice and alcohol and vanilla and dried fruit and nuts really really interesting but also the Rutherglen Tawny which is 25 to 26 years old and this comes from the Solera system which Chris established in 1984-1985 and this is the first ever release of this wine so this wine is really going back to the roots of when Chris started the winery so really fascinating to taste this and this really was like a fine whiskey or a Palo Cortado even Leather, vanilla, toffee spice, walnut aromas, really rich and intense and involved and concentrated. It's something to really um, to sip on and to contemplate time, passing, the passing of time, which is, of course, what all great fortified wine should evoke. And then finally, just before we went to dinner that evening, when I was at the Pfeiffer household, I also tasted Chris's Apero. And this is their name for sherry, Australian sherry. So again, they've had to change the name. Apparently, they've had complaints from Aperol, for the use of the name, which I think seems a bit petty. Crystals make um, some styles of Apero, including a Fino, which was good, and a Montiardo as well, and then a Rosé, which was interesting, because um, they they serve that with tonic water for a, a very refreshing cocktail. So visiting the Thiver family was really an, a great experience, meeting two people so passionate about fortified wine. Really going back to the, the history of fortified wine in Australia and its heartland of Glen and the fact that they're still making it is a testament to the quality of the wines and also their enthusiasm and their passion and an amazing experience to taste. This whole range of fortified wines as well as their red and white wines from, from this region, really evocative experience. And if you haven't tried Australian fortified wine before, I really recommend that you do. So thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.